0: thank you chris uh, good morning everybody it's great to be with you and uh, it's been a great privilege to have been able to join you uh, for these last few months as we've uh, had these online services during the lockdown uh, thank you to everybody who's been involved in these services uh, thank you especially to peter uh, who you can't see but he's been there in every service behind the scenes making sure that everything works smoothly so that we can bring these services to you and thank you to you Uh, for watching these services uh, because uh, without you watching then uh, it wouldn't be worth us putting these together but we are really glad that you've been blessed uh, by these services and we're still able to worship God together we're still able to hear his word together uh, even though we can't meet physically and I do encourage you uh, to join with us from next week over the summer as we do things a bit differently as Chris mentioned and we have our morning services on zoom instead uh, joint services with uh, NEC uh, from next Sunday morning. Well, back to this morning, and we are finishing our series in walking by faith from Genesis. We looked at characters like Abraham and Isaac, and now we're coming uh, towards the end of Jacob's story. So, before we come again to God's word, and as we hear what God is saying to us this morning through his word. Let's pray once more. Let's ask for his help so that we can hear what he wants to speak to us through his spirit this morning. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us over these last four months of lockdown. Lord, we thank you for keeping us healthy, for keeping us safe. And we thank you for feeding us week by week through your word we thank you uh, for what we have heard from your word these examples of faith as chris read from uh, from the book of hebrews there in hebrews 11 and uh, how these these characters of the old testament the, these real life people are examples to us in our own walk of faith and thank you for the lessons that we've learned and above all thank you for what we've seen of you that you are our faithful god As we see again your faithfulness this morning, we ask that our faith in you would increase more and more. And our love for you and for each other would abound more and more
1: so that we can truly walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When a world full of disappointment, a world full of disease and death, where do we
0: put our hope? I wonder as we come out of lockdown and as uh, things start to ease and, and we're able to do more things, where are people around us putting their hope? I guess some will be putting their hope in human ingenuity, that we can find a vaccine soon and we can... Try and get back to normal again. Others I guess will be putting their hope in human endeavour, that we can get the economy back on its feet, that we can get jobs uh, back online and we can get uh, businesses uh, opening and, and, and strengthened again. Others will be putting their hope in human goodness, you know, that we could learn the lessons of lockdown, we can Learn to be a more compassionate and caring society. And the way that we've supported each other through the last few months, that would continue. We can put our hope in in all
1: kinds of things, can't we? But surely we need something more solid than human beings to hope in.
0: We need something more solid than ourselves to put our trust in, especially in these times we've seen again and again through the book of Genesis that human beings fail. So often we get it wrong, we mess up, we let ourselves down, we let each other down, we let God down. But what we've also seen through Genesis is that even though human beings fail, God remains faithful and that's a pattern that we've seen Again and again, we saw it in the early chapters of Genesis. We've seen it in the lives of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We're going to see it again this morning. We're going to see human failure and God's faithfulness. Let's start with human failure in Genesis 34. And I'll just give a a recap of that chapter. We didn't read it. And so if you have time later on, why not read it yourself? But there's three scenes in this chapter. Uh, first of all, in verses 1 to 7, we have the defiling of Dinah, who is Jacob's only daughter. And then we have in verses 8 to 24, the scheming of Jacob's sons. They try and make a, a pact with the people of, of Shechem, uh, an agreement so that uh, they can marry uh, the daughters of that place Shechem, and that Jacob's Sons
1: will give their daughters to the people of Shechem. And then there's the slaughter at Shechem. And that's in verses 25 to 31. And there is a theme running through this
0: chapter of human beings taking things for themselves. So we we saw um, in the first scene that, that Shechem wants diner for himself and he says to his father get me this girl in verses 8 to 24 that the the sons of jacob talk about giving daughters and and getting taking uh, daughters for themselves as wives in marriage and then finally in in that slaughter at shechem we find that not only were uh, human lives taken but they also took their flocks and their herds they captured and plundered their wealth so there's this theme of, of, of taking of getting of grasping for ourselves as human beings and this chapter shows us human nature and it's worst. there's people defiling they're deceiving and they are destroying It's no different to what we see today. If you turn on the news, you'll see all these kinds of things happening. Human beings acting in such a a horrible, terrible way against their fellow human beings. Nobody comes out of this chapter well. Only Dinah, perhaps, we could say is innocent in all of this. She is left humiliated. She is left with little hope for the future after what happens to her. What we also see here is Jacob's failure to lead his family well. He allows his sons to take the lead. He, he waits until his sons get back from the fields to, to sort out what's going to happen after he hears about what's happened to Dinah. So he, he kind of leaves a vacuum for his sons to fill, for, for them to try and seek justice for their sister. Jacob doesn't do that. He doesn't take the lead. And in this whole chapter, there is no mention
1: of God. God is not named, God doesn't speak. And what we have here is what
0: happens when human beings are left to their own devices with no intervention
1: from God. And it is a bleak picture without God's intervention. There is no hope for humanity. But thankfully and very graciously, God does intervene. Not
0: because human beings deserve it, but because God is faithful to his promises. So we're going to now move to Genesis 35 and the passage that was read to us. I'm going to look at God's faithfulness that question right at the end of verse of chapter 34 that Jacob's sons ask is not answered but the answer that we do get is straight away in Genesis 35 God starts speaking again so the problem of human sin and human failure is answered by the faithfulness of God, as we see God acting again to fulfil His promises to His people, and what a contrast this is to the previous chapter, or a contrast this is to uh, human beings taking for themselves, grasping for themselves. Here we see that God is the one who is giving. God is the one who is making good on his promises to his people. And God shows how he is doing this by bringing Jacob to a particular place, a place called Bethel. And if you've been with us in previous weeks, then you should remember that name, Bethel. That should perhaps spark off your memory that we've been here before. We've been to Bethel before with Jacob. Back in chapter 28, as Jacob was on his journey out of the promised land, uh, away from his parents, and he was heading towards uh, where his mother's family lived. On his way out, Jacob arrived at Bethel, and there God spoke to him for the first time, and God gave his promises to Jacob firsthand. And now we find that Jacob is back at Bethel. So Jacob's journey has come full circle in chapter 28. As he began his journey, uh, God's promises were given to him. And, and now as he comes back to Bethel, as he comes back into the promised land, a- again, the promises are repeated. And, uh, and you remember again uh, from previous weeks that, that the promises centered around a people and a place and blessing. Remember, God's people in God's place, under God's rule, and they will know his blessing. So we see God's promises uh, being fulfilled to Jacob or or being at least strengthened and and reaffirmed to Jacob again as he comes back to this place of Bethel. Uh, In verse one, we see that God has brought Jacob back to Bethel, just as he said, God said back in chapter 28, verse 15, I will bring you back to this place. And now Jacob has come back. And in verse three, Of Genesis 35, we see that God has been with Jacob wherever he has gone. And again, God said, I will be with you. And in verse 5, we see God's protection. God had promised, again back in Genesis 28, that uh, God would would keep Jacob, he would watch over him as a shepherd watches over his sheep. And now we see that the, the terror of the Lord is over Jacob and his family to protect him to protect him from any uh, revenge that people in in other towns and cities might want to get on Jacob's family because of what happened at Shechem. And then in verse 10 we, we see a reminder of blessing. We see again that Jacob's name has been changed. It was changed actually back in chapter 32 and that change of name is linked to the blessing that jacob received in chapter 32 then in verse 11 again there is the promise being reaffirmed of a great people be fruitful and multiply nations will come from you kings from your own body and and those promises are already being fulfilled because now jacob has a, a huge family he's got 12 sons 11 sons and one on the way and a daughter and so jacob's uh, family is is growing and and one day will become this great community of nations that god has promised that he will be and then in verse 12 there is the land the land i will give you to your offspring after you and jacob is now coming into that promise as he comes back into the promised land And in between Genesis 28, Jacob's first stop at Bethel, and now Genesis 35, 20 years have passed. There have been 20 hard years for Jacob. But through all that time, God has stayed faithful to his promises. Even though those promises have come under threat because of human sin, human failure, human deceitfulness, God has stayed faithful. God has kept blessing Jacob in fulfilment of his promises. So instead of the grasping that we saw in chapter 35, we we now see a human being receiving from God. We see Jacob, a, a former grasper, is now receiving in faith from God. He's receiving the promises. He's receiving the blessings from God. And we see here that Jacob has been on a journey in more ways than one. Not just a physical journey.
1: He's also been on a spiritual journey. He is not the same person he was the last time he was at Bethel. When he was coming out of the promised land. God has been changing him. Through a hard and painful struggle, yes. But that struggle has been worth it.
0: And we see signs of Jacob's growth in verses two to three in his response to God's call for him to go to Bethel. Before he goes to worship, he urges his household to to get rid of their idols. Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you, he says in verse two. You see, when you get to the the place that Jacob is in here, when you get to the place where you believe 100 percent, that God is going to come through for you on what He's promised you. That then you don't need a backup option. You don't need another God. You don't need another form of security to trust in. You can put your your hope and your trust 100% in God, because you know that he's faithful you know he's going to come through for you jacob's family up to this point were hedging their bets that they were trying to serve the lord but also serving these foreign gods as well as a kind of a backup as as an extra security so if god had failed and god's promises failed well they always had these other gods to pray to they were trying to be friends with god And friends with the world at the same time. And that just doesn't work. The Apostle James in in the New Testament picks up on this. He says that you just can't do that. You cannot be a friend of the world and a friend of God at the same time. In fact, if you choose to be a friend of the world, you become an enemy of God. You see, God demands all that we are. And so Jacob not only gets his family to get get rid of the foreign gods, but also to purify themselves. It's a kind of a a consecration to God, purifying themselves of of what they've been before and starting again. That's something that, that has to happen when we submit ourselves totally to God and we worship him. James says again in his letter: "Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. As we get rid of our idols, those other things that we trust in, we purify ourselves, and we we, we wash ourselves clean, so that
1: we can worship God 100%, without any other distractions." Having done that,
0: there was then a need for new clothes. Jacob says to his family, change your clothes. And again, that's a sign of a new beginning, of a fresh start. Putting off the old way of life, putting on a new way of life. That's what happens when somebody comes to Christ in faith. Their old life is gone. They become a new creation. They put on new clothes. We have a new identity, a new life, a fresh start. And only then are we able to truly worship God as we ought. Only after getting rid of the idols, only after purifying themselves and changing their clothes, are Jacob's family able to finally
1: come to the house of God, to come to battle and to worship God. Now, thankfully, these things that Jacob and his family do,
0: we don't have to do those things ourselves. In fact, we we cannot do those things ourselves. We cannot make ourselves right for God. We cannot make ourselves acceptable to God as we come to worship him. We need God to do all those things for us. We need God to purify us from our sins to make us new, to change our clothes, to give us new clothes to wear. And and that's what he does for us in Christ. And it's only in Christ that we receive all the spiritual blessings that God has
1: chosen to pour out for us. It's only in Christ that God's promises are fulfilled.
0: As we saw a few weeks ago, for us jesus is our battle jesus is the house of god jesus is is the place we go to to meet with god and to experience
1: his blessing and to see his promises being fulfilled and that's because jesus himself experienced the fulfillment
0: of god's promises in his own life uh, we see an example of this uh, in Psalm 16 that the words are on the screen there this is a, a Psalm of David but it's also a prophetic Psalm looking forward to a, a, an, another looking forward to the Messiah it says you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead nor will you let your Holy One See decay, and David isn't just talking about himself. They, ultimately, he is talking about somebody else. He is talking about God's holy one, God's anointed one, God's Messiah. That God would not allow His Messiah to remain in the grave. He wouldn't allow Him to stay in the realm of the dead. And we know that God fulfilled that promise by raising His Son. He raised His anointed one from death, and that. Uh, fulfillment of psalm 16 is picked up in acts 2 and and again those words will be on the the screen and this is the apostle paul speaking that uh, david was pointing forward to jesus and god's promise to jesus that that god would not let jesus remain in the grave but he would raise him and god has done this he's exalted him to the the right hand of the father and the Lord Jesus has received from his Father the promised Holy Spirit
1: and has poured out that Spirit on his people. That includes us today if we're trusting in Christ. So you see, not even human wickedness and sin, and not even death, could stop God fulfilling his promises to his son and you know the same is true for us if we are in Christ
0: then we can be just as certain of god fulfilling his promises to us as the lord jesus could be if we're in Christ and we can be certain that god will fulfill his promises to us so when we see our failures when we see the, the wickedness around us, when we see suffering around us, and when we see death around us, we don't look at those things and conclude that that perhaps God has failed somehow. Because all those things are present in the world, that doesn't mean that, that God is, is at work anymore. No, God could overcome these things to fulfill his promises to us. Neither sin nor death can frustrate God's purposes for his people. And we see this very vividly in the closing verses of
1: Genesis 35. We see death and we see human sin, but we also see God's
0: faithfulness. So in verse 19, Rachel, Jacob's most love and and favourite wife, dies in childbirth.
1: But God's promises remain. He is faithful, even in death. And in verse 22, we see the sin of Jacob's eldest son, Reuben. But even...
0: With human sin and failure, God's promises
1: remain. God's promises aren't invalidated by this sin because God remains faithful. How then should we live in a world full of sin and death, a world full of failure and suffering, a world full of disappointments? And disease. But we look to our faithful God and we walk by faith and not by sight. We
0: don't root our hope in our own faithfulness because we've seen again and again that human beings fail. We can't trust in ourselves. And we don't root our hope in our circumstances in this world either. Because circumstances can change so quickly. Tragedy can strike at any moment. There are so many families that have found that over these last few months uh, as as this virus has taken hold. Uh, Jacob's family knew just how tragedy could strike out of nowhere. Uh, At the moment when his wife Rachel should have been rejoicing at a new life coming into the world She was passing out of this world herself. She died
1: in a moment of what should have been rejoicing. There was human tragedy, but God was faithful. So we look beyond this life for our hope. We look
0: beyond the the fleetingness of our human existence. And we root our hope in the one who transcends time and place. We look to God Almighty. We look to the one who can do the impossible. We look to him who can overcome sin and death. And to the one who
1: promises us a better future in a new and better country. He has promised us a new home. He's promised us heaven. And until we get there, in this world of suffering, We walk by faith in our faithful God. I'm going to close this service and indeed this series on walking by faith with these words from Hebrews 11. And the writer of the Hebrews is talking about these early pioneers of faith, people
0: like Abraham and Isaac, and Jacob, who walked by faith in God. And he says that all these people were still living by faith when they died.
1: They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that
0: they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, well, they would have had an opportunity
1: to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Why don't we take a moment just to reflect on what we've heard, and then we'll pray together. My Father, we do thank you for the example that we have of of the heroes of faith of old. Of people like Abraham and Sarah, Isaac, Jacob. Those who who walked by faith in this world, in your promises. And they didn't set their hope in this life and in this world they were looking beyond
0: this world to a better country they were looking for the fulfillment of your promises in the life to come in that heavenly country where there'll be no more suffering no more
1: disease disappointments and death And the wonderful thing for us to hold on to this morning is that we can join them in that country. They they are there now. They've already passed from this life into that better country and we can follow them. pray that you give us the same faith to keep
0: trusting in you. We may not receive the fullness of your promises and your blessings
1: in this life. In fact, we know that we won't. help us look forward to the world to come and give us the faith to keep walking with your promises and your faithfulness right in front of us,
0: looking to Jesus above all things. In his name we
1: pray and in his name we put our hope and our trust. Amen.